Don't know where they're at, but anyway, that won't deter us from what we're doing today. We're believing God for great things. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to come to midweek uh, service, the first Wednesday of every month, we have our Wednesday night service. Great service Wednesday night. We just really enjoyed the presence of the Lord. It was, it was just wonderful. And, uh, and we had everybody, we had actually a good turnout. We had groups praying over each section of the auditorium and just fantastic. And uh, really, we got right away, people were like, man, that service was awesome. That was a great service. And I still have people talking about that uh, today that said, boy, Wednesday was really good. So I just want to encourage you this next Wednesday, we're going to have kind of the same format. I just gave a, a short uh, testimony type teaching thing and then I mean, everybody else kind of went at it. It was really awesome. Not in a, you know, not going at each other, but at, uh, yes. Okay, just moving on then. <laughs> Dig myself in a hole. We've been talking about fixing the money thing. This is week three. And um, it, it really is, it, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be said today. And some of it's just going to be, you know me, I'm going to be straightforward with it. I'm going to show it to you. Um, I'm not going to make an apology for it, but I, you know, I'll try to put as much humor in there as I can. Maybe it'll be a little more palatable for you, but it'll be shot straightforward so that you see it and you know it and you can understand it. Um, some years ago, a few years ago, somebody had submitted my name in uh, Heritage Hall. You know, Marion has Heritage Hall for the city, and uh, they were doing some kind of a... Uh, show, drama show with different acts that were at um, Tri-Rivers, and they asked uh, if they talked to this guy, and he said, you need to call him, and so anyway, I got asked to do the skit, Who's On First? So Zach and I did that skit, and actually, I was going to try, I tried to send it to Ron, because we have it, but uh, I couldn't, when I, I sent it to him, it just came blank. <laughs> But if you remember Abbott and Costello with that, and the reason I wanted to show the skit, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it, because it's a skit basically about them just trying to find out who's on first. So we're going to look at that this morning because that's really the topic of fixing the money thing. Who's first? Who is on first base or first place in your life? And here's, bottom line is, you know, PK and I want you to get it. I, I don't want you to be you know, offended by anything I say, but again, I make no apologies for it because I got it out of the word. But I, if you see the truth, the Bible says the truth will make you free. If we, if we understand something and we can put it into practice and it would change everything for you, would you do it? And so sometimes, you know, we just need to, you know, uh, maybe if you're from old school, you'll say, a sharp knife cuts the quickest and hurts the least, you know, uh, instead of, you know, a dull knife and you got to cut through something. Sometimes, you ever have anybody tell you something, you just like, just say it. Just come out and say it. You got this far, just tell me what you're going to tell me. So we're going we're gonna to do our best to, to do this in the best way, but it's such a great principle, but so much rides on it. So I want you to live life on purpose, so much so that, you know, we've revamped and looked at different things and, and seeing like what we could give for guests that come Rather than, I think we give them a candle and some candy. And I mean, who doesn't like candy? I like candy. I guess we all like candy. Candle's nice, but you know, if you're a dude and you're just getting a candle. Hmm. Hmm. So we have shirts in the making that are just like the ones that you can get on our website. A little bit different, though. They have on the website, they have it on the sleeve as well. These are just going to have it on the front. This is just going to say live life on purpose. So once we get those, if you're a guest, they're going to have the opportunity to stop at the guest kiosk. They just get a free T-shirt, which is great advertising around the city for us. 
Uh, somebody had said, well, what happens if they end up in Goodwill? Somebody will get them in Goodwill for then, you know, they could have got them here for free. They're going to pay a little bit at Goodwill and, uh, and still market, you know, TLC. We just want people to live their life and get great results and have fruit from it and live it on purpose. These principles that we're sharing can be applied in every area of your life. So I want you to see blessing not just in your finances, but in everything that you do. And so uh, we've, we found that as we put God first, it just opens up the floodgates. And so you might say, well, Brett, that's your job. You're the pastor. It is my job to equip you. That is my job. But it is also a privilege. But I also want you to see, I don't want to just give you something and go, you know, I hope this works. I have tried this and found it to be true. And let me say this. If I, if I was sick, I found the medicine. I have the cure. I have the antidote. And so I, re- I want you to remember some of the things we've taught. We've taught you that your heart follows your treasure. It gets misquoted all the time as it's the other way around. But your heart always follows your treasure. And people will say, I want, I want my kids. I want my family. I want my heart to be in the kingdom. Then you have to invest in the kingdom. I'm not just talking money. I'm just talking about because your heart will follow your treasure, your time, all of that, your talent. Put that in the kingdom and God and his principles. So who's on first? And that's my question. If I was being honest, I could answer that question real easy if I'd say, show me your checkbook and let me see your, your uh, register. I could, I could see quickly who's on first or your bank statement if you don't use the checks anymore and you just go by your, your debit or credit card. I mean, we could see who's on first. We could see who's you know, uh, who you give that to. And we talked about, you know, how, who we honor with the increase that comes into our house, who we give that first portion to. So that is what we're going to look at. Um, every time we get paid, we talked about taking a test to check whom you're going to honor uh, for that. Exodus 13, 1 and 2 says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born, or of both humans and animals belong to me. So here's what we have to put in practice. Now I'm going to explain this and I want you to be able to, to grab that so you can walk in freedom. Look at verse 12 and 13 of that same chapter. Uh, this is Exodus again. You must uh, present all firstborn sons, firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb, a young goat in, pl- in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck, however, you must buy back every firstborn son. <laughs> that sounds kind of like, okay, I want you to, but I want us to go back in the scripture and let's talk about this for just a second so that we don't get all bizarred out here. Remember, God says in Hebrews, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13:8. Remember in Malachi, we read where he says, I do not change. So we need to understand this is going to be Old Testament and New Testament. You have Old Covenant and New Covenant, but the the spirit or the, um, the covenant in which this happens doesn't change. Now, the actions that had to be fulfilled on this are different, and I'll explain that. But still, the principle of this, that's the better word, remains the same because God is consistent. How many knows that God is just, he doesn't do anything wrong? You guys need to know that. So some of you, I'm not so sure. Thus might be some of the problem you're in. <laughs> So listen to what I'm saying. So here's our first thought for this morning. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed or bought back. So whatever animal you had, if the animal was clean, the firstborn male had to be sacrificed. 
If the animal was unclean, then you had to redeem it. You had to buy it back, in essence, uh, with the sacrifice of a clean animal. So people don't understand how important this first thing is to God. But first always is going to take faith. If you were the, the farmer, so to speak, and you had to sacrifice the first male that you had animal, you don't know if you're going to have another one. So you're going to have to do all of that. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to oh, wait and see how many I get, and I'll do that. No, this is always walking in faith. So we need to understand this principle, this first, is a principle throughout the whole Bible. The Old Testament and the New Testament. I'll put it together, and it will make sense. Think about back in the, in the Garden of Eden. He said, all these trees, you can do anything you want. See that tree over there? That one's mine. Leave it alone. Why? Because it's a test. You can have all except the first 10%. It's mine. You see, it's a test. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, depending if it was clean or unclean. So let me just, can I just peel this back deeper? Can we go a little bit so we can understand? When you were born, were you born clean or unclean? We're all born unclean. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned and fallen short in Romans. So we're born unclean. Your children, did you have to teach them to be ornery? Or to do anything they weren't supposed to? They do it naturally. You know, there's some things in there. You know, it just happens. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? He was born clean. Now think about this whole principle from the Old Testament and the New Testament. The clean was sacrificed, Jesus, so that the unclean, us, could be redeemed or bought back. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's why what Christ did on Calvary redeemed us. The perfect lamb. Remember John the Baptist. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The blood that Jesus shed, that's what, what we just sang about it. Washes you clean. Why? Could you be there without it? No, there's only one way, and it's through Jesus. So because of that, this principle reigns true throughout Scripture. He had to be sacrificed so we could be bought back. Jesus is literally God's tithe. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's why it's so personal to God. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) You have to give God first. You don't wait to see if you have enough left. It takes no faith to do that. I'm going to tithe, Brett, but I'm going to pay all my bills, and then I'm going to tithe if I have any left. Now, It's not like I can't understand that. I get it. I've done that. But what I'm telling you is it takes no faith to do that. My God supply all, supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It either is true and you believe it or you don't. Faith without works is dead. You can tell me you believe it, but if your register says different, you don't really believe it. You give first and you give it in faith. First is what brings the blessing. First is what brings the blessing. If it's not first, it's not faith. 
God gave Jesus first. While we were still sinners, while we were smacking him and spitting on him and ripping parts of his beard out, spitting in his face, God still gave. He was believing for a return. Jesus was God's first fruits offering. Matter of fact, if you look up Jesus and look up names for him, first fruits and firstborn, that's, you'll find those in there. It represents, firstborn represents Christ. And the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Think about the sacrifice that he paid for you and I. God said, if you give the first one, the rest are redeemed. God gives the first portion, the rest is blessed. I would rather go through life with 90% blessed that I gave 10%, so I have 100% is blessed because my heart's already like, yes, like Karen did wherever she was at. She was in first service, I think. Or would I rather go with 100% that's not blessed? It boils down to your heart. Do you give the first portion to God because you trust him that he'll provide for you. Can I tell I mean, this is, I know it sounds as quiet in the first service. It was like you could hear crickets if we had, you know. I mean, it just, because people are thinking, because like, oh my word, is it that important? This principle is really important. It boils down to your heart. The first thing given is never lost. Any first thing not given is always lost. Because there isn't blessing on it. So eventually, if you don't have it blessed, you lose it. Now, I'm, I, I told you the story where I had the $1 bill folded up in my wallet. And, and we'll, I'll get to some, a couple of these thoughts here, and, and you'll kind of see that, but I want you to see what I'm talking about. I had that $1 bill, and I had it stuck away in my wallet because I had received $10, and I put a dollar back, and I just forgot it was in there. And I told you the story. The Holy Spirit reminded me it was in there. And he said, get it out and get it ready. And I did. I got it out and got it ready. Stuck it in my pocket. Didn't say anything to anybody. I hadn't even told PK any of that until afterwards. As soon as I put it in my pocket, some dude come up and slapped $100 in my hand and said, I was supposed to give you this. And he said the Holy Spirit uh, would tell you what it was about. And when that happened, before I went into service, I, I asked God, I said, you want me to give that dollar, you know, here? And, uh, you know, we had already tithed off everything else. And uh, so he said, yeah, he said, watch what I'll do. That's the last thing he told me. Just get it ready and watch what I'll do. I got it ready, put it in my pocket. Bang. I was at like $100. I was like, wow. Well, here's, here's, and I'm going to cover some of this in just a second. But what I'm saying is it's a matter of the heart. I had already separated that money. As soon as I got the money in, I had already taken it out and already put it away because I knew that's not my money. That's God's money. I don't want to touch God's money. I want to take it where it's supposed to. Here's our second thought this morning. The first fruits must be offered. Offered is bringing. Exodus 23, 19, as you harvest your crops, bring, everybody say bring, the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Where are you taking it? To the house of the Lord. Bring. People think they can give their tithe anywhere they want and that they can designate their tithe. You cannot. You can think that you can, but you cannot. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns and grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You, you have to take it to the house of the Lord. It's God's. Listen to this. 
Now, I want you to think, how many know, we know the story of, of Jericho. Remember that? They marched around Jericho. They did six times, didn't say anything. Seven times, blow the ram's horn, boom, the walls fall flat. It's in Joshua 6, I think. So if you look at that account, you'll see that whole story. And you'll see the Lord saying this. He said, but you can't have any of the silver, any of the gold, all of the spoils from that town or from that city are mine. All of them. You cannot take any of them. Now, first you might be saying, well, PB, I don't get it then. Why couldn't they just take 90% and, 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 and take 10% and give it to the Lord? Think about this principle. The first 10 is God's. And this particular project that God was doing, this town of Jericho was the first town in the 10 towns they were going to take. The 10 cities. Jericho was number one. That's why everything in Jericho, he only required Jericho. He didn't require it in any of the others that way, just Jericho. Everything in Jericho was his. Again, this principle runs clear out through, through Scripture. It was the first city of the ten. So he's saying it's all mine. So he's saying give me the first and the rest will be redeemed and blessed. So Because it took faith. To give everything, think about that, everything from one spoil of the city. Don't keep anything, not a penny, not anything. This is all God's. That's going to take some faith. Joshua 6, God says it's consecrated or set apart. And that's what Exodus 13 says. It's consecrated to the house of the Lord. Now, Joshua goes on. There was a dude in the camp, and his name was Achan. And I, you know, if we could go back and he could have a second chance at this, he's probably Achan. He took it. That's bad. But anyway, Achan took from Jericho and hid it under his tent. He took some stuff. He took some gold, some silver, and he hid it under his tent. And then the blessing was not on what was going on. And so they had to bring out all the tribes and say, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. And Achan had to come forward and say, okay, I took the thing. Now listen, before Achan took it, it was blessed. When Achan got his hands on it, it became cursed because he did not take it or bring it where it was supposed to go. He lost everything, his life, his family, everything because it was consecrated. So, again, think about this principle. So when you get paid... The money becomes consecrated when you say, you know what, God, this is yours. I separate it. I'm giving it to you. If you keep it, I can't change what the book says. There's no blessing on that. So then the only other thing is cursed. So we, we have to do what God is telling us to do. If I keep it for my house, well, God would want me to pay my bills. Sure he would, but he wants to trust, wants you to trust him, that he is your provider. So it doesn't belong in your house or your account. It belongs in God's house. Bring all the silver and gold into my house from the first city. Now think about this, going back to Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel brought God offerings. In Genesis Four, three, and five. Now God accepts Abel's, but he doesn't like Cain's. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. 
And Abel brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift. He did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Now, your Bible might even say, in the process of time. Cain brought to the Lord in the process of time. Cain's like, let me see what I got. Yeah, this is pretty good. I'll take this. I'll take that. Abel said, you know what? I'm giving God first. And so that's why God accepted Abel's. And it's not because God doesn't like veggies. It's because of the heart behind it. Think about this. When it comes to offering, God is best. Remember, God can improve. So there's, I mean, he is already the best. There's no fault in him, so he cannot improve. So he's above all. Second best is not God. God is always best. This is 2,500 years before the law, just so that you know. I said last week I would show you something 2,500 years before the law. See, in the process of time, Cain's was not tithe. It was an offering. Because he had already had the increase. He just waited to see what he was going to give. Let me just say, if God played 18 holes of golf, his score would be 18. He can't do anything but a hole in one. He's God. 18 brings us to our third point, our third thought. The tithe must be brought first. Second Chronicles 31.5, when the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, oil, honey, produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity and a tithe of all they produced. Bringing the first. Bringing the first. Notice the word brought or bringing. Malachi 3. 10 says, bring all. Why am I saying bring or brought? Now, the Bible never uses the word give when it talks about tithing. Never uses the word give when it talks about tithing. It only uses the word bring or brought. And you know why? Because you cannot give what is not yours. That's why you bring it. It's not mine. You bring it. Now, she didn't know I'm going to say this, but I really believe. Now, my sister and her husband, they have bees buzz buzz and if you've never purchased any of their honey oh my gosh they probably serve that in heaven put it on biscuits or toast or something but i mean it is totally amazing it it's crazy good compared to even store i mean store-bought honey is really good till you taste like honey but the reason I believe that they're blessed with that is because they had, they had lost all their hives and all that. But here's what they did. Didn't know I was going to say this. Here's what they did. When they got honey again, they gave honey away wherever the Lord told them to. They, you get the principle, Lord, whatever. Should we sell this? Because we could use money to buy more bees. We could do... No, they listened and gave, and God blessed them. And man, the honey they gave us this time was like, whoa, I'm just saying. Let me just say this. If, if Kim and I went away, all right, we went for a weekend. Remember last week, uh, I gave a demonstration, used my buddy John, uh, and, uh, and, you know, gave the, each of the three guys 10 grand to take care of PK and said, you can keep nine, just use a thousand. Well, this time now, so me and PK are going away. And I gave John, I'm going to pick on him again. 
I said, John, John says, hey, Brett, can I, can I use that Acadia while you're gone? Are you going to take that? No, we're going to take the Highlander. John says, I just got some stuff I want to load. Can I use the Acadia? Sure. So I give him the Acadia. We come back from the long weekend, and he says, hey, good to have you back. Thanks, John. Great. And he says, uh, Debbie and I have been really praying about this a lot. We really feel strongly about this. We want to bless you with this car. And he hands me the keys. I'm, is he blessing me? I mean, he's returning to me what is already mine. And that's sometimes what we do to God. God, I, I'm just going to, I want to bless you with this. No, it's already God. So we bring it. He's such a good sport. Thank you, John. Don't rip up your thing in your pocket. That's not. <laughs> it's just, I mean, we bring back to God what is already his. I'm not giving, uh, I'm bringing. Does that make sense? So we bring it to the storehouse. The Bible says the storehouse to the house of God. It doesn't mention your tithe goes to Christian ministries or Christian schools or good causes or universities or other people. Your tithe goes to the storehouse. That's where it goes. I, I can't designate that. It goes to the house of God. People try to get around that all the time because they want their tithe to be part of their offering or, or mix them and match or whatever. But the tithe is God's. It is just returning what is already his. I don't want to be... Remember in Malachi it says, if you didn't bring this, he said you're robbing, you're stealing. Nobody likes... To... I mean, this is... You, I mean, you think it's hard to hear? Try preaching it. It's always a lot of fun. And what's, what's crazy is sometimes, oh, he's talking about money. I think we'll miss the next couple weeks. I don't, you know, it's not my favorite thing to talk about, but you know Jesus talks more about money than he did heaven and hell. Because money has, this, in this earth curse system, it operates on money. So we need to learn how to, God, what do you want me to do with that? Well, let's honor him first and see what happens once we do that. Here's another thing to clear up. People ask me this all the time. Do you bring the tithe of everything? Do you tithe on the gross or the net? People ask me, that's one of the most asked questions. So my answer would be, what do you want blessed? Do you want your gross blessed or do you want your net blessed? We tithe on everything. We tithe on the gross. I want everything covered under the blessing. For me, if, it's not, if I'm not tithing on the gross, am I really tithing on first fruit then? Yeah, but Brett, the government takes. I'm not talking about the government. Is God the source of my increase or is the government? You have already found from a previous president, Obama didn't care. I'm going to give, because let me just be honest. The government doesn't have the power to redeem the rest. They don't. GMAC doesn't have the power to redeem the rest. Ohio Edison, Columbia Gas, Sears, Kohl's, it doesn't matter. Let's put this cookie on the shelf where we can all get it. We tithe on the gross, we don't designate the tithe, and we bring it to God's house. I'm going to come down front so that we can do this, because I, I don't have room to lay it up there. I have some money. I want you to help me count it out, okay? These are $1. 
bills. All right, I have $10 right here. And by the way, hi to our online crowd. God bless you. I forgot to say welcome. Welcome. So we have $10 here. So here's the question. What's the tithe off this? $1. Now, if you're here in first service, don't say anything. Okay. So which dollar? This dollar left to the right? Maybe right to the left? What if we took one from the middle? See, people will say, well, it really doesn't matter. It does. The dollar that belongs to God is the first one spent. That's how you know. That's how it's first fruit. So, you know, people are like, oh, I don't know. It's the first one. It's the first thing. When we get paid, the first thing PK does, that's the first thing. It's the first thing coming up before it comes out for mortgage, before anything. The first thing, first fruits, first offering. Here's why. Let's just say if this was the first one spent, it has the power to redeem everything else. That's how that works. So the first one has the power. Now think about this. Let's apply this to Christ. What Jesus did on the cross, firstborn, God gave his firstborn. How many knows that? So when he goes to the cross, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. What he did on Calvary, and think about the principle, the firstborn had to be sacrificed or redeemed. We were born unclean. Jesus was born clean, so he was sacrificed so you and I could be clean. There was no other way to heaven but through Christ, according to Scripture, So when we're talking about this principle, that's why first portion, firstborn, uh, it's the sacrifice, first fruit, same as first portion, that's why it's important. See, you could be tithing in your mind saying, I'm tithing, I give 10%. If you're not giving first, you're not really tithing. I mean, I'm, I, we're thankful, and, 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 uh, and God sees your heart, and he's not condemning you, so he's not legalistic. I'm going to cover that here in just a second. But what I'm saying is, you're robbing yourself of the redemptive portion. Do you follow me? So that portion, that first, because it takes faith to say, you know what, God, I don't know what I got left. But how many knows his arm is not waxed short. He's able to meet all my needs. Numbers eleven twenty three. How many knows my God shall supply all my needs? How many knows you, you know, because of Christ, you are the head and not the tail, that God has a great bounty. I mean, he's not shortchanged up in heaven going, oh my, bread went up 24 cents. God's not concerned about that. He'll take care of all that because he knows if you're listening to him, following him by covenant, he's got that covered. Because there's a spiritual principle here about being just, God, I trust you with my first portion. First Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should put aside, now, again, putting a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then collect it all at once. You see, just if you get something through the week, 
Set it aside. You know why God's not legalistic? I took that dollar and I stuck it in my wallet. He's not legalistic. Because, I mean, if we were legalistic, I probably should have gave it a few weeks before. I just forgot I put it in there. But I, now listen, my heart had already separated it and stuck it in there to give. And God just said, just give it and watch what I'll do. When we were uh, under the assemblies of God, we were required to tithe. In other words, if you're a minister, you were required to give and to tithe. If you didn't, they'd take your credentials. I mean, they would threaten to take him anyway. I don't know if they, I'm, I guess they could. I don't know. They never had to ask him and I because we were gladly, we would tithe, sure. Because, why? Because it's there. Remember, we even read it in the New Testament. Jesus said, you should tithe. So what we did was what, you know, she would just write, as soon as we get paid, boom, she'd write the check because we'd have to write it to the district. Boom, stick it right on the refrigerator. Stick it right, and then we'd just mail it. Why? Because it's separated. You know what the, the issue, I help people a lot. You know what the issue is? Sometimes we put all the money in one bin and we are not disciplined enough. We spend it all and then go, oh, that money was for, oh. But if we separate it, this is a principle. God, you're first. So I take care of that. So that's what we do. And the amount's so easy anymore. I mean, you can text to give. You can go online and give. I mean, you don't have to wait till Sunday. You can, but as long as... It's separated because you've separated it in your heart and made that physical adjustment to make sure that that's taken care of. Then you're blessed. Then the blessing, the redemptive portion, is on the rest. The enemy's going to try to get you to spend the money. There's a deal. God would understand you need underwear. And there's a sale at Kohl's. Go buy some underwear. I don't know why I use that example. <laughs> I don't really know. But what I'm saying is you just don't touch that money because it's separated. And if you trust God, you don't want nobody to give you no underwear. But you will get money to buy more underwear if that's what you need. Thank you very much. Enjoy that, the online people. <laughs> Should have used a better example. <laughs> this is a hard issue. Let me, let me explain this just a little bit further. Let's just say, you know, PK, I'm one place in the city and she's in another place. And, and uh, you know, I do some things on the side and, and whatever. And, and some money hit my account or our account. And um, in the meantime, she's buying groceries. And we didn't, you know, she didn't know or, or didn't catch that, already bought groceries. And she'd be like, oh, my, that came in and I went ahead and paid for groceries. Did you know, like I said, God's not legalistic. That's not a big deal because he already knows. Once we realize it hit our account, first 10% is coming out. Did you catch that? He's not, he's not. When I was a kid, I thought God was like this. I thought God was a, a, a gray-haired, long-bearded, white-beard man with a, whack-a-mole hammer that every time I did something wrong and stuck my head up, he went, poof, poof. I mean, literally, literally, I thought God was like that, and it, and it scared me. And as a kid, I was, I was freaked out by, by Jesus. My sister always wanted to watch King of Kings at Easter time, and that's where Jeffrey Hunter plays Jesus, and he has blue eyes, and, and that just, I don't know why, but that always, it scared me. 
And then, as I got older, there was a guy, whoever the guy was that played Jesus of Nazareth. It, his hair was greasy. His face was bony. He looked like he was on withdrawal. I'm like, I don't want to get near that. I mean, true story. Now listen, because God is a God that loves your heart. So when I gave my heart to Jesus, I told my mom and dad, I said, I, you know, they were like, what are you afraid of? Because you act like you're afraid. I said, I'm afraid of Jesus. Now, I had all kinds of dreams about Jesus that didn't make me afraid. But that particular thing was afraid. Now, my mom's right here. She can tell you. I, I got saved January 2nd, 1980. And I'm 20 years old, okay? Well, yeah, I'd be 20. I'm 19. I'd be 20 that December of that year. I get saved and I said, Mom, can I sleep in the floor in your room? She's like, why? Because this is what I'm afraid of. Jesus is going to appear to me. I just know he is in a big white robe with a bony face, looking like he's been on drugs and going, Brrr. and I'm going to just, you know, and then it's over. I'm going to die and go to heaven, and that's going to be it. And she said, yeah, if you, I don't think my dad was too crazy about the idea. <laughs> but he was like, you know, how many knows that women, your wife, will get her way? Yes. See, all the men are, that's a good time to raise your hand. Yes, she will. I love you, my dear. So there I sat. I slept on the floor. My sister had already, she was married, moved out of the house, so she wasn't there. She couldn't torment me. She, if she would have known that, she would have probably dressed up or something. <laughs> Bread, mom! Anyway. This is a true story, and I'm not really embellishing it at all. I was laying on the floor in their bedroom by the door, and in mom and dad's bedroom, now my mom would be known to get up in the middle of the night, sometimes once or twice, and have to use the restroom. Well, in the, the restroom was right out the hall and right there. We had to put a nightlight in the restroom because it would be a hilarious act to watch my mom try to find the restroom if it was pitch dark, so... She could see it with the light. And so I'm laying there, and I couldn't sleep. Now, because many times, if you first give your heart to the Lord, the enemy is working on your mind. It didn't happen. You're the same. Blah, 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 blah. Boom, boom, boom. It's just flooding your mind with all this stuff. And can I just say, it did happen, or he wouldn't have to flood your mind. Because there's a change, and he doesn't want you to recognize the change. So I'm laying there, and I can't sleep. Mom and dad are asleep. And I've, I've, I, this is true. Felt like... Somebody's in the room, and they're staring at me. Have you, I'm, and I don't want to roll over and look, but you know somebody's there. And, you, you know, it's like I don't like creepy movies, never watch them. But you, if you ever watch a trailer of a creepy movie, you're just wanting the people run. And why do you go back into the house where the creepy guy is? Anyway, another story. Somebody's in there, and I, I'm like... And I roll over, and there is a man standing at the doorway. And um, you'd think I'd be freaked out, because normally I would be freaked out. <laughs> but he's standing there. Now, remember, here's my heart. Jesus, I love you, but I'm afraid. Because I think you're going to show up in a bright light, a long white robe, sick looking, and you're going to say my name with a bony finger, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to die right there, and that's going to be it. And he's standing there, and he's standing like this. He's got his hands like this, 
and he's got him on his suit lapel. He has a suit just like the suit I wore to my prom. It's an identical suit, no bright light. His hair's about down to his shoulder. If you go into my garage, there's a picture. There's, there's my dad's picture, and then there's my heavenly father's picture. And people say, oh, there's your dad. And I'll say, both of them. But there's, and his face is tilted sideways, and it's not an ugly face. It was a beautiful face, and he had a smile on his face, and he was just like this. And I remember just feeling all of this peace, and I turned around, and I said, Mom, Dad! And, of course, my dad is really jumpy. If you don't believe me, when we, you leave, find my dad out there and walk up behind him and just touch him. <laughs> Stay away from his arms. <laughs> anyway, they jumped out of bed. What, what? And, and he was gone. And so I'm like, but you know, this is what I came to realize. Your feelings will mislead you. Feelings are fickle. Truth is the word. God knows my heart, and he was saying, you know what? There's no big bright light. There's no bony, scary face. I love you. And here's it, you know, it's going to be okay. And you know, I almost thought, well, why didn't you just tell me that? But just the fact that he was there like that, people said, oh, I don't believe that. I really don't care whether you believe it or not. I'm just saying I lived it. I know what happened. My point is this. This is a heart issue. If Jesus says, Brett, give this. There's times it's been, and we'll, we'll, we'll go over this. We have three more weeks. We'll go over other areas that it's just been, it's almost painful. Lord, I don't want to do that. But if it's first and he says, give it, or if he says, do you believe it's all mine? Well, yeah. Give it all. I, uh, do you believe it's all mine? Well, well, yeah. Give it all. Think about, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter, What's God saying to you? I'm not here trying to pick your pocket, so please, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this principle is amazing. All of my children, Exodus 13, 14, and 15, I talked about it last week rather than read it, but all of my kids have said, Dad, you give a lot to the church. They've seen that. They've seen our giving statement. They've seen something where they've seen that. And remember I told you the story of my dad's check on his dresser. He didn't didn't put that check knowing I would see it, But I saw it every time he got paid. And I could tell my children, you see, mom and dad weren't always like this. We were lost. But God came and set us free. He bought us out of slavery. He redeemed us. And so I will gladly give what is his. We don't even think about it now. If it just comes in, it's like, oh, let's write that check. It is all, it's a privilege to give. And things just start happening because we give. So my question to you this morning is, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not apologizing. I'm just not trying to offend anyone. But if your heart is like, I, God, do you still, you know, whether you tithe or not, his love will not change for you. 
I had somebody ask me one time, if I don't tithe, can I still go to heaven? Yes. But then I had somebody else say, well, then if, but then we're stealing. So then it says all, you know, thieves and liars have their place in the lake of fire. I'm saying God's going to look at your heart. This isn't always easy, but he is always faithful because we have to fight our flesh because this, you know, the spirit's willing, but it's the flesh. My challenge to you is this. Just listen to God. I know, you know, my wife and I, we have been married 35 years in June. And the more we have given, the more God has blessed us. When he tells me to do something, I just do it. And sometimes I still don't do it right away. Sometimes I've let a day or something go past, and then I'm like, ah. You told me that when that happened, I should have did that. And I've had to make, you know, I had to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. But again, he looks at my heart and he knows that. So I know there's still blessing because I just be obedient. I challenge you. You cannot outgive God. You cannot. And we'll prove that. We have three more weeks of this. And we'll, we'll go, we'll look at it every which way but loose. We'll find ways. That I, I, I will get this to you so that you'll be like, I know what I'm supposed to do. Just do it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?